Welcome to episode 7 of the Board Game Battles podcast. We take two board games of the common trait, discuss each, and see if we can declare a winner. I'm your host, Randall, and with me today are my co-hosts, Jeff and Drew. Good evening. Hello. Uh, it's been a while since we've been uh, been on the air, or been on podcast. We uh, had a little bit of a break over the holiday, so uh, it's good to get back into it. And um, after we get this one out, uh, we'll try to get a little more regularity uh, out of the... Uh, our schedule so hopefully this uh will go better in the future but uh let's get started with today's uh discussion we're going to be talking about uh two games and this time the common trait's going to be that they're the same game they're essentially the same game uh the original uh glenn moore came out in 2010 and then recently a kickstarter was done and loon architects was just released and it the designer says that he uh he loved Glenmore so much that he wanted to uh, come up with a new version of it for uh, for today, and then he uh, reimagined it. So we're going to discuss both of these games, you know, discuss their differences, and uh, see how uh, we like them, or see which one we like better. And then afterwards, we'll uh, go ahead and have our usual Imperial Assault uh, talk. So uh, look forward to that. So, Glenmore came out in 2010. Uh, the designer was Matthias Kramer. Uh, it was looked like it was his first game that he came out with, so it was a pretty uh, good start for him. Um, since then, he's come out with quite a few other games that I'm familiar with, and there's quite a few there that are very German or, or European-sounding, which I have not heard of. One called Mises Karma, Karma, not familiar with it, but then he also designed Lancaster, which I own and, and uh, do enjoy. Um, Helvetia, or, yeah, I'm not sure how you spell it pronounce that one both in 2011 that's one that i haven't played but it's one i've uh, always wanted to try uh, and then he came out with rococo which was a fairly popular uh, one to do with uh, designing gowns and and suits for the ball uh craft wagon which uh i had heard of i never actually played it but it, it, i heard of that one and then a few other more recent ones which i i'm not too familiar with but uh so he's, he's done quite a few things and you know some good titles in there so he's a he's a pretty good designer artists uh, i'm not going to pronounce these correctly but uh loik bilau and harold Lisk. publisher um in uh europe it's elia it's a part of the elia series the i think it's the mid-size box series uh also uh, in tandem with uh, ravensburger and then uh, I think in North America, it's Rio Grande Games. And I do believe this is one that's still out there. I, I believe you can still find it on the shelves. I'm not sure how common it is anymore, but I believe it's still available. The mechanisms they list for this one is quite a bit. They say it's commodity speculation, dice rolling, grid management, set collection, tile placement, and time track. BGG rating it has a, a decent 7.4 from 6.9 thousand ratings. So that's uh, that's essentially it for Glenn Moore. That's for its uh, little stats. Uh, looking at the, uh, going over the, so looking at the rule book, it's, it's a typical Aaliyah game. Um, so if you're not familiar with the Aaliyah series, um, they, they have, uh, tend to have common elements when it comes to the design of their rule books. Um, you know, it's quite a bit of text. There are some pictures throughout it to, to show you the components, um, you know, setup and a little bit of gameplay, but it's not a lot of pictures in it. It's, it's mostly text. Uh, one nice thing they do sort of do. So you have the on the left side of the uh, rule book of each page is like the, the hard text. You know all the you know describes everything down to a T. 
but then on the left side there's a column where they sort of just cover the highlights. So just so um, once you've gone through the book, you can sort of go through the left um, right side column to get a better idea, just to refresh your memory, um, get a little bit of a summary of each section, um, that which does help uh, a bit with um, with you know getting set of, started with the game and and playing it through. But um, it is they are you know there are pretty they're not the best laid out um, rule books. Um, they do the job, but I've seen I've seen better layout, layouts. Component wise, um, again, uh, fairly basic components. It has a board, uh, not much of a board. It's it's more of a track. It has spaces on it for tiles. It has a little mark, um, sort of a commodities market in the middle, where you have each of the five different uh, commodities, which are wood, stone, sheep, cows, and grain. And so you have like a little bit of a track there. Each commodity has um, three spots next to it. A one, two, and a three on there, and, and those will be discussed during the uh, during the gameplay. There's a little bit of a a score. We want to call that a little bit of a for calculating your score. There's a little um, chart just um, during different scoring rounds of how you add extra victory points to yourself um, to whoever gets victory points as you go through when you do a scoring round. So that's like the little board you get, but it's mostly. Uh, a tableau game where you're sort of building your own little tableau in front of you with these tiles that you'll be drafting. Uh, so the tiles are, are a pretty standard cardboard stock. Uh, like they're you know they're not the thickest, but they're not thin either. They're they're decent. They're decent uh, weight. You get some chits for victory points. So you get a, a, quite a few um, in various denominations, ranging I think it's like one, three, five, and ten. You get um, everybody gets their own little player marker. You get a few coins. You get like about thirty or so just cardboard coins that you'll use for a currency if you need it you get little um you get a bag full of uh the resources which are just your basic wooden cubes of various colors um including also uh what's called a whiskey barrel that you'll be uh using for points at the end of each game you get a die and this is a a mechanic that they use for if you have less than three or four players i believe it plays up to five players but if you have less than five then they have a die that sort of helps you sort of compensate for the uh the missing players and i'll describe that as we go through uh, and then they get some tiles for special locations because each tile that you can draft as you're playing this game some of them will have special um cards or like they're like cardboard little cardboard cards that are about double the size of a regular tile. They um, they help you just uh, with extra rules for those specific um, special locations. Uh, and that's about it. And then it has like a pretty basic uh, plastic insert, but it's it's decent. It's you know, nothing special, but it's it's it's, it's all right. Uh, there's also a baggie of what they call chieftains. They're like the little meeples that you'll be using throughout the game. And so you get quite a few of those in the baggie. Uh, and it's not an overly big box. It's part of the Aaliyah medium box series. So it's uh, it's maybe a little bit bigger than a standard or a little bit pretty close to a standard uh, piece of paper. Maybe a little uh, thinner um, than your standard size 8.5 by 11 piece of paper. So it's in that general range. But yeah, that's uh, those are the components. So now I'll go through the gameplay, and the gameplay is it. Uh, it's fairly simple gameplay. It came out at around the same time as uh, Seven Wonders, and it got a lot of comparison just because it's kind of a kind of a drafting mechanic, even though it's not quite the same. Instead of having a, a hand of tiles that you're choosing from and passing around, what you have is a track that's on the central bo- central board. And on this track, there are um, 14 spaces. 
And what you do is you uh, place all your player markers on the uh, track in order. Whoever's going to be the first player will be at the very back of the track. And it's sort of like a, you know, a circular pattern. And then after you've placed um, all the players' pieces, you then start filling up the track with the tiles. And the tiles have four different stacks. There's the zero stack, which is your starting tiles. Then there's the one, two, and three stack. And they sort of denote the different uh, scoring times. Is um, After you've run out of the stack, that's when you do a scoring round. So after the except for the zero stack. So after the one stack is exhausted, you do a you stop play, do a quick scoring round, then you go on with the two stack, and then once the three stack is complete, you do a final scoring round and then a final end game scoring. Uh, the type of tiles you're going to be uh, seeing when you're uh, going around the board are um, there's agriculture kind of tiles. There are there's the brown border tiles, which are butchers, taverns, and fairs. These are the kind of tiles that when you uh, when you use them, you'll be uh, usually trading resources to get uh, points. They have gray border tiles, which represent uh, villages and castles, and that's how you get additional meeples for your um, for your village. Blue border tiles, which are the locks, which are um, like the lakes and stuff, or that you add to your your little area, and those will usually have special abilities when you have them when you add them to your uh, to your tableau. And then there's the uh, the yellow and green border tiles, which are your production tiles, distilleries, and then there's also an abbey that's I think covered under there as well, a special abbey for um, that gives you special abilities for scoring. So essentially, the point of the game is everyone's building their own little um, village or whatever land. You're increasing your land holding in in the Highlands, in the Scottish Highlands. And so what you do is you start with a central tile. Everyone has the same central tile, and it's like your little village. And it comes with a single clansperson or, or um, Scotsman or whatever that sits on that tile. And in that tile, have it has two lines going through it. One is a river that goes um, up and down, and the other is a road that goes uh, left and right. And as you draft tiles from around the uh, the track, you have to be able to place it like lengthwise along a, a tile that's already existing on your tableau. So if you draft a uh, a tile that has a road, then it has to go it has to connect to an existing road. So you can only ever have a single road and a single river. So if you draft a tile with a river, then it has to go has to connect to another river that's already on your uh, on your board. If it has nine either then it's um it has to connect just along another edge that doesn't have a road or a river on it um and how you determine some of your placement is with your um where your clan member is on your on your little tableau determines where you can place tiles so uh for every tile that has a clan member on it you can place a tile anywhere even diagonally around that existing tile as long as there's a available legal placement for it so you can't place uh diagonally if there is no um tile let's either you know beside or below it or above it or whatever that it can attach to uh, so it has to always be it has to share an edge with something but your clan members determine where you're going to be able to place as you place additional villages or castles in your um, in your tableau you'll get additional clan members um, so that's a way you can sort of build out your tableau and uh, have more options of where you're going to place tiles as you draft them some tiles will have costs on them if it's like a cost it's going to be you know it might be uh, a resource like wood or, or stone or something so you have to be able to pay for that um, you can pay for it with resources you've already collected or it could be you could buy the resource if you have the money from the market that's in the middle of the board one thing is once 
once you've uh, purchased a tile and you place it, that tile will activate and any tiles it touches will also act. And so what happens when a tile activates, if it's a yellow or a green tile, it'll generally produce a good. So uh, yellows are usually producing um, resources like wood, grain or uh, or stone. If it's a green tile, it's usually producing uh, cattle or something like that. Uh, well, I guess it, it could also be uh, grain or something. But it's usually something like sheep or or cows. Um, and you can only ever have at most three resources on a single tile. So if once it's produced three times, you're sort of stuck. If a village activates from you placing a tile, you get movement points for each village that activates. And how you spend those movement points is you can move any of your clan members um, on your board. It doesn't have to be one that's already near where you're activating. You just get those movement points to move your guys. It can be up, down, or diagonal, or left, right, or whatever. Uh, so you can move your guys around to sort of better position yourself for placing tiles in the future. You also have the option of using a movement point at any time uh, to take one of your clan members off of your tableau and putting them off to the side. And when you do that, that clan member becomes a chieftain and he'll be used for scoring rounds. So he'll get you points and that's it. That's all he does in the future. Other tiles that can activate are the um, the brown bordered ones, which are like the butchers, taverns and such. And when those activate, you can take existing existing uh, resources that you have on any of your tiles and use them to get points based on whatever the conversion rate for that particular one is. So for like a butcher, you might um, turn in one cow to get three points or something like that. If it's a fair, then typically what it is is uh, the more resources you can contribute to the fair, the more points you'll get. And there's a few different levels of fair as you go through the game castles and villages like i said give you the movement points um, and that's about it there's also the blue bordered locks each lock will have a, a special um card associated with it so you, when you get it you'll get some kind of bonus with it it could be an immediate bonus that you'll get right away or it might be an end game scoring bonus that nothing won't do anything for you until the end of the game uh, some of these cards will also have little tam o shanters the scottish tams which are the caps that um, represent additional chieftains so during scoring rounds when you're counting up the number of chieftains you have you'll also be adding any of these tam symbols that are from these special cards to uh to your total and that's essentially it so as you take your turn whoever the whoever is at the back of the chain gets to go first and they take their uh, meeple that's on the board move it to one of the tiles and they can go as far up on the track as they want that's to an available tile space to uh, take a tile and so you put it down and then you you know, grab your tile, place it on your board, do all your activations, and then your turn's over. And then you, next time you go is going to be determined on how long it takes for other people to pass you so that you're at the back of the track again. And so if you go too far along the track, you might be waiting for a while. If you just go to the very first available tile, then you know, you'll probably be going you know, with, after everyone else has gone at least once. So it won't be quite as long a wait, but you have to determine um, how good are those tiles further down the track and are you willing to wait wait a little while before you get to go the market in the middle can be used at any time to get, get or res, or sell resources during your turn like i said there's three numbered uh, three numbered circles beside each resource if there's nothing on the the board at all if it's totally clear then you can buy those resources for the indicated numbers so if you need one grain you place one coin on the one spot and then you take a grain from the supply and you have to be able to use that resource right away so it's not you're you're not buying resources to store you're buying resources to to use right away to pay for something um, or some effect if the one's covered then you go to two then you take two coins and you place it on the two spot three is three coins if all the spots next to resource are full of coins then you can't purchase anymore you have to wait until someone sells 
resources to get those coins. And the first time someone sells that a resource, they'll get the three, two, then then the one. So that's how the market works. It, you know, it, um, either buying or selling resources. Selling resources you can do during your turn at any time uh, just to get money. So it's um, there's no real restriction on that. It's just as long as you can take coins from the track, then you can sell that resource. During the scoring rounds, there are three different scoring rounds. You're going to be doing different comparisons com um, to other players. And the three different things you're going to be scoring are, uh, let's see, you'll be checking whiskey production. Uh, so whoever has the most whiskey barrel. So you'll be carrying your comparing your whiskey barrels to whoever has the least whiskey barrels. So if you have three whiskey barrels and somebody has zero around the table, then you're gonna the difference is going to be three. And then you'll check the chart and you'll score the many victory points, which in that case is three. Um, if the difference is four, then you score four points or five points. And if it's five plus, you score eight points. So that's you're comparing what you have to the person who has the least of that particular thing. So. After whiskey, you compare chieftains, and after chieftains, you compare special locations, and that's those extra cards that you'll get when you get certain car um, tiles off of the track, which are usually locks and certain castles. Then after each scoring round, you just keep going until you've reached the last tile of the, of the third um, stack. As soon as that last tile is placed on the board, you stop, and the game's over. You do a final regular scoring round, and then you also do um, some additional uh, victory points based on a few things. There's if you have the Iona Abbey, you'll get additional points. Loch Morar, uh, Duart Castle, those are all special locations that if you got them, you'll get additional points for them, or based on what they ask for. You also get a point for every coin you have left over, and then each player compares the total number of tiles in their tableau, in their little village that they've made, to the person who has the fewest number of tiles. And for every tile that you're higher than that person, you'll lose three victory points. So it's a bit of a, a balancing mechanic, I guess. If you get if you expand too fast, it's going to cost you points in the end. Um, and it's always going by whoever's the lowest. So that's, yeah, that's essentially it. That's how you play Glenmore. I remember uh, when I first heard about this game, I thought it was kind of interesting because people were comparing it to Seven Wonders. It's not like Seven Wonders, but because I sort of the whole drafting thing, it's, even though it's different, it's, it was compared just because Seven Wonders is a famous drafting game. But I, it's a game I do enjoy. Probably don't get it out to the table as often as I'd like, but um, there, that's how you have it. Um, what did you guys think? I don't think it was anything like Seven Wonders, I must say that. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's definitely not. So to compare it to the two, I mean, this is much more of a, you worry about your own stuff. You can't really control what's going by. You You don't have the opportunity to steal something from someone else because you're more worried about building your own. Yeah, there, there's opportunity for, you know, a, a little bit of denial, but... Not much. Yeah, you're you're going to be not much. You know, the, those opportunities will will come up, and and you know, if if you don't have a better option, you might take something like that. But if there are better options for your own, you know, your own village or whatever, I mean, you're going to go for that. You're, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If all you're playing is denial, you're going to lose this. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. And yeah, it's it's definitely you know, it feels like a euro. It's it's that kind of style of game. It's um, well, maybe, you know, so. a little dry. It's a euro. It's a euro. It's a you know, it's a little dry. It's a, that's the kind of theme you're 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 building your Scottish clan um, at clan up. Um, you're you're getting sheep. You're harvesting grain. You're you know, taking down some forests. You're building towns. Um, and it's all just done through tiles and and how you place them on your board. 
Yeah, so there are um, there is some denial in this. Like you can, and I think it was even happening in our game because I, I had built what did I build a, a distillery? Oh, I had got a card one one of the ones that would score me points if I got green, green tiles. tiles. Yeah, I did and take one from. So you. people were like drafting green tiles to try to keep them away. Well, from and me. it didn't hurt because green tiles give you resources. So yeah, it just it denied it, it, you points and gave someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not a bad thing for other people to be doing it, but it, it is a way to like, ooh, you know, if I take that green tile, it's good for me, and it screws him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there's a little bit of that, but it's mostly um, a but solitaire you, kind you, of game. You had to be careful about how far you were jumping ahead at the same time to deny someone mm-hmm. those points. You, you right. To, I mean, you had to go closer if you wanted to get more activations, so to speak. Yeah. So... If you really wanted to screw some around like that by jumping way too far ahead, you're really just hurting yourself, anyways. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and um, we played with five players, so we had a, a full uh, a full table, and it uh, didn't take overly long. Like, no. it, it was maybe an hour, maybe or maybe a little over an hour. And and that was with learning. Yeah, that was with learning, so yeah. it wasn't too bad. Because I, yeah. I I think before we started, you might you and Nick might have been the only ones that. Had played before, um, definitely. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. never played before. That's right. And so. Nick ha- has played it before. It's not her favorite type of game. I- I'm more of the Euros person, um, but she has played it before. And so, yeah, and the only thing we didn't talk about is the ke- um, the less player mechanic, which is a die, and it's just a little six sided die that has let's see, three ones, two twos, and a three on it. And how it works is if you have less than it might even be just less than four players. So if you have four players, things might stay the same. If you have less than four players, you might have to use this die. Uh, let's just see here. Assuming uh, it's kind of it gets placed on the board and you roll it, and that's how many spaces it jumps ahead and takes exactly. something away. Yeah, it's a dummy player. Yeah, um, yeah, two or three players. If you're using two or three players, then you're using this die. Yeah, and it jumps ahead. Uh, you roll it, you jump ahead that many spaces. That tile is now out of the game. And, and then it'll reactivate once everyone jumps past it exactly yeah yeah so it's just a dummy player mechanic which i i, I have used because when I, I first played it and that was a couple years ago it was just a nick and i we just played it together and then we used that mechanic and it works fine you know it's it's what it is it's just a an easy way just to balance things out a little bit so it's not too bad so, so the complexity of this on on bgg is 2.67 out of five right which is certainly not you know this won't melt your brain no no um i was gonna, actually going to ask you because i i know that you you collect the Aaliyah games yeah um Aaliyah has their own complexity uh sorry difficulty scale and and this comes in at a four do you, out of I, it, do you know does it say i i kind of think that it's 10 but i've never seen anything that's actually 10 yeah i'm not sure what they base their um, complexity scale out of um it, it i would consider it one of the easier Aaliyah games um like Puerto Rico is is a seven apparently on on their difficulty okay. scale. I, I would think that's probably out of ten. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so four. I don't know. I, I just sorry. I thought you were. I thought you were more familiar with. Uh, you know what? With your passion here, with your Leah <laughs> game passion. I don't look at their complexities. But, uh, I just look yeah. at the boxes. <laughs> but yeah, kind of looking at least at the at the board game geek one. I, I kind of yeah. thought that was that was pretty appropriate. Like it was very yeah. quick to learn. Um, you know, there there is some there is some depth to it. You're you're. You know, like as far as you can, you're you're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're sometimes making sacrifices. Oh, I really want that tile, but you know, I I need this that other one better. Or, yeah. You know, or yeah, you're you need a resource. So yeah, I, I think, don't know. Yeah, I, I think most of the complexity really comes into where you're placing your tile to activate something because you only get so many activations. So you don't want to activate like your tavern. Yeah. 
before you, don't you have... have the resources to actually get the points from yeah, it or right. the resources or they make whiskey barrels or something like that. Right. And you do get to choose the order you activate in. So when you place something down, everything activates around it. You choose what order you want to activate. So if you can produce a resource on one tile that you can then use to turn into victory points on another tile, then you can do that in that order however you want to go. And even if you didn't, the market was fairly easy to yep. buy. Because as soon as it got to two or three, there was someone who was willing to sell to get those their coins. stuff to get the coins. Yep. So the market was always available. Yeah, which actually worked out quite well for me. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't immediately used. Like people didn't, you know, desperately need resources right off the, right out of the gate. Um, but, you know, eventually the market becomes full, you know, yeah. there's, there's people buying resources and, um, I, I think, yeah, I think I, I, I had enough resources. I would, I would basically right near the end of the game, I just basically sold off everything I had to, to pull in all that money. Yeah. And and actually, that worked out quite well for me. I, I didn't win the game, but I, I placed second. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was because of that. Although the mechanic of uh, you get minus what was it three points per tile you were over yeah. the smallest person to the biggest person kind of thing <laughs> was a little confusing. It's a it's yeah it's I guess it's like a bit of a, a equalizer. Um, so that if somebody's just going hog wild, just always taking the closest, to, tile. taking the closest, taking you know, so they're always getting uh, more tiles than everyone else who maybe doing a strategy of just trying to get as much as they can. Then it, it sort of penalizes them for that because really, when I think back to our game, I think at the most maybe two or three only, tiles yeah. at the most that we were anyone was over anyone else. So it, you know, it wasn't. A I think huge it was like loss. ten tiles to twelve or something. Something like that. that. Yeah. So if that's I don't know, it's hard to say if that's typical. We only played the one game recently. I don't remember years ago from when I played before if it was similar or not. But it, it's I'm sure it's going to be something like that. Like the game seems fairly well paced, so it knows you know how how it's going to go. So you know there's a bit of variation in there as you're as you're grabbing stuff. But um, I think it's sort of designed to be pretty close as close as possible. Yeah. So um, well, that's Glenmore. I don't think we have a lot yeah. to say about it. Simplistic. <laughs> Pretty simplistic. Um, I like it. It's a good game. Um, but then we'll move over to uh, Lune Architects. Lune Architects came out in 2016. The designer is Dan Cunningham. He hasn't done too much. He, in 2013, he had a couple games, one called Asteroid Junkies and the other one called Star Steed. And then in 2016, he did Lune Architects through a Kickstarter. Um, so I sort of became aware of this Kickstarter. And because I really liked Glenmore, I decided to go ahead and back it um, You know, to see what it's like. Um, artist for this game is... Paul Cox. Um, I think he's done other stuff with Dan as well, if you look through his games. Uh, the publisher, I think they're self-published um, under the name Iron Kitten Games. Uh, they don't list the same number of mechanisms as Glenmore. They only list set collection, tile placement, and variable phase order. But I, I think, really, if you were to go down to it, you could cut and paste the mechanisms between the two, because they're essentially the same game. Um, BGG rating is 7.6 out of 160 ratings. So, so many <laughs> The people ratings. who bought this game have all rated it fairly well. And it's fair, because this game hasn't been out that long. It's not getting wide retail distribution. I don't know if there's plans to do another Kickstarter in the future or not. Um, I don't know how well this one did. It obviously did it well enough that he was able to produce the game. So there's that. Um, the rule book, it's a fairly um, it's a fairly hefty rule book, but that's all because they include a few different languages in here. Like the first language in the rule book is English, but then they have a few others in here as well, like German, um, French, 
Yeah, German and French. Those are the other two languages that are in here. So English, German, and French. Um, but so if you're just going through the English ones, the game, the rule book's laid out fairly nicely. Good graphic design. Uh, fairly easy to read. Um, nice pictures of, of how everything looks, like the setup of the game, uh, all the different pieces. You know, yeah, fairly, uh, yeah, fairly well laid out. Um, I can't really find any fault with it. I, I know I had to look up a cu- couple things as we were going and it wasn't overly hard to find the stuff I was looking for. Um, so just, yeah, pretty standard rule book. It's in nice, nice quality came out really nicely. They did a good job with that component wise, very similar as far as the type of components, but everything's a little different because in this game, you're each designing a moon base. So you're trying to design the best moon base possible. So it has a middle track, just like uh, Glenmore does. It's a little bit bigger. It's also circular. Uh, so it has the same kind of track. It has a similar type of market for the different commodities. Um, but one thing it does do a little differently, though, is whereas Glenmore had a set um, way of scoring at the end of every round, um, this one does have variable scoring. So what it has is there is like a base version of scoring, which is what we used when we played um, printed on the board um, for scoring at the end of each lap. And then there's also um, a couple different conditions for end game scoring. But the game comes with a few different versions, so you can change it up. So instead of using the, the one that's printed on the board, there's also um, different um, lap and end game scoring available. So you can randomize it um, so that each game's a little different if you want, which is kind of nice. I like that uh, that aspect of it. Um, Component-wise, the difference here in the tiles, um, they're fairly good quality, nice thick cardboard. Uh, but instead of being square tiles like Glenmore, they're hexagonal. So they're uh, six-sided, um, six-sided tiles. Um, so that does make the game a little different in how you're um, calculating everything out as you go through. It has the two different connectors you have to make instead of a road and a uh, river. The tiles do have uh, two different types of connections like the other ones. One is a rail connection and the other is a tube connection. There you go. Nice and uh, makes a lot of sense. Whatever the, the rails and the tubes represent doesn't really matter. Um, but same as in Glenmore, when you place a tile, it has to either, if it has a connection, it has to be able to make that connection when you place it. Um, if it has no connection, then again, you have to place it somewhere so that it, uh, the edge connects up and is not blocking, uh, a blocking a connection. And so with it being hexagonal, you have a lot more options. Similar, uh, when you place, you have uh, a cost associated with some tiles. So you just have to be able to pay that cost. And then there's a market like you did before. The resources are a little different in this market. They are uh, food, um, ore, water, and air. So there's four, only four resources in this one. Um, you get a, When you start, you'll get a, a starting base tile, which you'll put down, and it'll come with a little astronaut. Um, and just like in Glenmore, the astronaut helps you determine where you can place your tiles. As long as there's an astronaut on the a tile you're connecting to, you can place anywhere around that tile. Um, you can move an astronaut off astronaut off of a tile but instead of becoming a chieftain what happens is you get a rocket and the rocket will be used for end scoring so it's a little different than before again you have tile um, chits for uh, points or or money i think they're used in this game instead of having money and having points the points are the money so it, it's used one one in the same for this game so you have like one three five ten and twenty five um chit markers point chit markers um i mentioned you have little rockets which are used for uh the various scoring rounds sometimes it all depends on what you're using for scoring you have um, some really nice tokens for the different resources you know they're fairly nice uh wooden 
tokens and not a lot of them because you don't really need a lot in these games but they're good quality you get a couple different dice which is similar on it has the same mechanic for uh for less players but because um this game actually supports one to five players you can play by yourself and that's what the second dice comes in haven't really fully read the rules in the, on the single player yet so i don't really know if there's much difference when you're using the two dice but that's what it's for um and that's essentially it um there's also some crystals so you have rockets but you also have crystals that you'll be using throughout the game as well um as either costs or um rewards um and sometimes when you're activating there are some different ways of uh uh different things that let you do different kind of activations different symbols so in Glenmore, the activations were fairly straightforward. Um, you would you would activate a, a tile, and you'd either get a resource or you'd use a resource to get points. There's a bit more to it in this game. Um, there are some interesting symbols that you do have to refer to the book for, because um, sometimes what it is is when you activate this tile, it lets you activate a tile somewhere else. Uh, there were actually, when I think about it in Glenmore, there were like locks like that would let you do something similar. But I think there's just a bit more of that in this game as opposed to how the how it was in Glenmore. Um, yeah, and then there's the various quarters, which are similar to the villages in Glenmore, so you'll get additional um, uh, spacemen, or, um, or astronauts, I should say, and uh, or you, and then you also gain movement points when they activate, so you can move them around. Um, that's essentially what it is for the components. The insert's really nice. They did an upgraded insert when they did this Kickstarter, so the way it's all sort of laid out in here is very nice. It um, has a... All the tiles are in their own separate little tray that pulls out. And so you have each level a tile in its own little area. Um, there's the various little additional scoring, like random kind of scoring things you can do, um, which will, at the uh, end of the game, which will give you various points based on different conditions. So that's uh, nice that you have that uh, um, randomness in there so that each game's not always the same. Um, and same with the lap scoring, there's um, additional some additional tiles that give you some different options for lap scoring. Now, I'm going to keep saying lap scoring. How that's different from Glenmore is Glenmore, whenever a stack pleaded, that's when you would do a scoring. This one, the track has um, sort of like a finish line. And as soon as the last person goes over that line each um, on each lap, you stop and do a scoring. It basically works out very similarly. I think you get maybe one more scoring round out of it than you did in Glenmore. Glenmore, you had the three scoring rounds and the final scoring. This one, I think you get four scoring rounds out of it. Wasn't the fourth the final scoring round, though? Like, it, well, it yeah. was the kind of the last two ones on that chart instead of the mid-scoring range. Maybe. Um, I just thought for some reason there was an extra scoring round out of it, but I could be wrong. But yeah, it does talk about, like in the in the book, like four laps. Like and it, the game was pretty like I was worried that well how's it no one that we're going to be done in four laps or we're going to not be done before four laps but well we only played the game once but yeah it took us four laps and that was pretty much it that's when it ended so I guess they either either it, it really figures itself out properly and it just that's how it works and we just never really thought about it deep enough but there you go um, there's also uh, so the the randomness that they provide is uh, nice but there's also some other things that give you um, a few little expansion tiles it's like uh, these double-sided tiles that has like a coffee mug and five points on one side or a special symbol and a very variable number of points on the other side and I think what it is is um, they're like achievements and uh, you can get special points based on whatever tile you get so you get like a random tile and it gives you special points at the end of the game um and then or there's the coffee one where you can um if you drink if you use your coffee towel up you uh move one of your astronauts to another blueprint towel on your move 
moon base so it's like a free move but if you don't use it then you'll get additional points at the end of the game so there's just a few couple little things that they added to the game i don't know if that was um is something they were planning originally or is something that they added as a, a stretch goal for the kickstarter i can't remember that was a while ago i don't know it, it seemed like <clears throat> so much of this was was an, an attempt to give the player um a, a lot more option yeah you know in each one of the turns so yeah going from the the square tiles to, to hexagonal, hexagonal. and then yeah. even then so you're you're starting you're starting hex um when you start the game you actually have a choice of which side to play that's true and it they're double-sided you, yeah it, you know you, you might get more more astronauts on one side or the other one gives you a rocket and an astronaut and 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 something else kind of thing so, yeah so you might start with a Less points, but you might get something else out of it. Yeah. Um, there were some of these. There was uh, I didn't mention these before. There was also these special symbols that showed up on a lot of the different tiles. Um, and your base had a symbol on it as well. And then sometimes, you know, depending on which side you started on, you might start with multiple symbols. So it could be like a half moon symbol, a triangle, or a star. And then there will be certain times when you're... Um, activating things that you might get points based on however many of that symbol shows up in your moon base so it was stuff like that uh, little extra things like that that they added into this game that um, make it a little bit different so that's almost like the not quite variable player powers but sort of a variable starting thing so not everybody's necessarily starting on the same footing they might you know one person might have a little bit of an advantage or not depending on on how you play on how you start but i don't think anything was so detrimental like overpowered or or anything different that it it you know made a huge difference. I know with the the starting position, it was much, or with the scoring conditions in this one, it was much clearer from the start that you either wanted to collect as many chips or the gem rock things that you could get, so you scored them multiple times, or you wanted to make sure you had none of them by the end because yeah. you got like eight points per category that you didn't have anything in so if you had no yeah. rockets you got eight points if you had no gems you got eight points if you, you had, had no, no red tiles yeah red industrial tile type things then you got eight extra points yeah that's called the scarcity um uh, scarcity condition so at the end of the game um that's a way to get more points if you don't have something but if you're just playing throughout the game and you're you're, you're picking up some of these things and it's like it's hard to decide oh i want to try to get rid of all this stuff so i can try to get that yeah. eight points it, uh, yeah but it was something you could keep in your head like, i know i started with a rocket and then yeah. i'm like well these aren't easy to pull off to get because i wasn't getting just happenstance i wasn't getting a lot of new crew quarters to get new astronauts right right so I was being limited that way. So I went the other route and was just like, okay, fine. I'll make sure I have none. Yeah, get rid of this and rocket. Get rid of it as soon as yeah, I can. As soon as you find a tile that costs a rocket to get. And, and they do exist. The yeah. uh, I don't know what it was called. The other scoring condition where you wanted to circle. Yeah, that's your, called density. Yeah, yeah. you wanted for every tile you had completely surrounded. With other tiles. With other tiles. You got bonus points for those yeah. ones. So Three there was points. a goal in your building. It wasn't just a connect here it's like you wanted to kind of find a ma- way to make it work so you would surround something as well as activate everything how you want so it's a little more complexity i guess yeah it, it, it did it did seem a bit more um a little bit more complex a little bit more strategic than Glenmore. um 
and the and the and the default lap scoring is called independence, and that's based on the number of rockets, um, uh, crystals, and red tiles that you have. And I don't remember if that one required you to compare to someone, or if that's just you just got points based on. I think it was just a point per thing you had. That might have been. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's just uh, double check here. Independence. Let's see. It's here. Yeah, one point for each uh, of that particular thing. So that's how you score those points. So in that particular one, you're not uh, comparing to anybody. Um, there are ones where you do compare, similar to Glenmore. I think one's called um, Majority. And so if you have the most of a category, you get so many points. Uh, and whoever has the second most gets some points as well. Um, and then there's the similar com- competition. And that's the one that's like Glenmore, where you're comparing yours to whoever has the lowest. And then there's the track for the number of points. Yeah, so the game can be much different depending on what tile you end up putting out for scoring Yeah, if you randomize it, definitely. Which I like. I like that they give you that um, variation in this game. Yeah. It makes it it more likely that it's going to hit the table more often because it's not always going to be exactly the same each time. Yeah, okay. I guess that's it. (laughs) This is a pretty quick discussion. Well, really... The complexity is so low with both of these games. Both of these games. And it is the same game. It's just that they've, you know, made it a little bit more modern. Um, They've taken the concept, went a little farther with it than the original which is nice and and you know and and just giving us a, a new version um now like i said this game is not available in stores uh, i did check their website out the iron kitten website and it looks like they're still you know have copies available to purchase online so i don't know what'll happen once they you know sell out of any particular remaining inventory if, if they'll look at uh, republishing in the future i don't know i would like to see it stick around because i you know i think it's a really nice game it's really nicely produced like you know they took the money they got from the kickstarter and they went all out like it's yep. a nice nice thick box you know everything's just you know top notch they didn't cheap out um, and not saying that um, Glenmore is cheaped out. It's just it's a standard Euro game. You know, no frills. Standard. You know, density cardboard. It, it's it's just that kind of game. Well, I mean, you know, Glenmore. I mean, it's you know standard cubes to represent yeah. sheep. Whereas in in this, the you know, there's actual little plastic rocket ships. There's um, you know little crystals. The little translucent crystals. Yeah. The, yeah. the resources are actually shaped like something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and is it just the difference between a kickstarted game where you have stretch goals to yeah. entice people and a game that someone just put out there like true yeah because typically when you get these bigger like Aaliyah, um it's a fairly well-known european um publisher like a um, line so you buy an Aaliyah game you know what you're going to get yeah. it's going to be a pretty typical standard you know mm-hmm. for the, the you know the quality is going to be there and it does vary like this from Aaliyah game to Aaliyah game, but I think they're operating with a standard kind of budget when they're making these things. They're not going all out, you know, bells and whistles kind of thing. Not like with a Kickstarter, hey, we got extra money, we can really make a difference in the game, right? So yeah, definitely this game does, you know, have that Kickstarter shine to it that uh, that, you're making it work for the people who supported you first and foremost. Yeah. And if it comes to shelves, it might be a like a reduced Maybe. version just True. to mass produce even yeah it'd be interesting if it does ever get to that point where it can be on shelves um to see you know how much difference they make um i'm not one of those people who like if i have something from a kickstarter that's you know a, a kickstarter exclusive I, I i don't really care if, if if the company eventually makes it available to everybody else I, I i think it's good if they do because then you know other people can enjoy the same kind of thing like what do i care if i have something i'm not one of those people i have to have something that other people don't have (laughs) you know yeah yeah if i if i enjoy something i like it when other people can enjoy it too and if they can get the same thing so but that's uh so that's the two games that's uh 
Glenn Moore and Lunar Architects. Now it's you know it's a little bit harder to declare a winner. I don't know, maybe it's not harder to declare a winner because it's the same game. But uh, personally, I do like the Lunar Architects better. Um, not just because the production quality is so much higher, just because they did take that same that initial concept and went with it, and just and a step further, a step further. Yeah. yeah, they took some extra time with it and said, "What can we do to make this not just the same game and, and you know with a new label? Let's make it different and make it a little bit unique." And they did that. I I found Lunar Architects. It just the tile placement was a little more critical. It just. Yeah. They had those tiles that let you activate other tiles mm-hmm. more consistently that were away from where you were currently building. So there, there's a little bit more complexity, not so much that the game took any longer. No. It's, in fact, it's... I think this one went quicker because where having we... learned Glenmore first... We already knew. We already knew the play. basic concept yeah. and just took off from there. So yeah, and, and, and like you say, the production quality, you can tell the difference between the two mm-hmm. in the production quality, which was nice as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, being Scottish, I, I want to like Glenmore more, <laughs> but um, and and if this was if this had just been sort of a reskin of the of the existing game, you know, I I probably you know as shiny and nicely painted as it is, I I probably would have you know gone for Glenmore. Yeah, but um, I I think that they they brought you know they you know they, they brought that inspiration, but they also brought something else to this. Right. Yes. Um, I really like that they. Um, they added in, um, you know, different victory conditions that that you mm-hmm. can randomize to to change the game up. Um, you know, d- different starting conditions that, um, you know, as- asymmetrical starting conditions. You know, whether whether it really has any kind of you know long term impact on the tell. game, yeah. but um, you know, it s- simply reach you know changing the the shape of the tiles, going for hexagonal tiles, to give you. Um, you know, an increased number of placement options. You know, I, I yeah, I think they they just brought so much more to the game. So yeah, I I, I want to like Glenmore more, but yeah, Lunar yeah, Architects. I, I understand. <laughs> I like I like the theme of Glenmore more. Yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. It's I, I like the Scottish clan type environment, but mm-hmm. Luna Architects just it, it did so much more <laughs> yeah. that you you, yeah. you can't look at it as this so similar that I'll just go with the one that's themed. Right. I think Lunar Architects just like you say they they did that extra little bit more mm-hmm. to make it defined as a different a higher quality almost right. game. So yeah, and it's it's um it'd be, I don't know if um I know I, I never really looked to see if Matthias Matthias Kramer has ever commented on Lunar Architects. I like I I don't know what the story is in the background if um if they got his permission when they did this because really in the board game industry there's a lot of that where they can like people can reskin games and not you know put any kind of credit towards the original designer now. The these guys specifically say, no, yeah. we took this game and we, 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 we liked it. it. We, we liked wanted it. to bring it forward a bit. Exactly. Yeah, I think being cool. upfront with that, you know, that, that gets you pretty far yeah. in that industry is yeah. if you're upfront about, you know, inspirations where you've, you know, where you've taken an, an element and, and, you know, kind of made it your own. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he would be very critical of it. Yeah, I, I think he'd he'd probably I don't know if it was me I'd be I'd kind of probably, flattered. Yeah, you same. took my game and, exactly. and took it in a different direction. Yeah, and that's yeah. not to say people aren't aren't still going to play Glenmore. No, absolutely. You know? And like I like I said, like Glenmore, I believe is still one that's out there um, that you can get. So it's not like they're directly competing. As whereas this is a Kickstarter, you might be able to get some on on their website. Um, it would be nice if you could see it on the shelves. But I think right now Glenmore probably is the only one that might still be on the shelves. Oh. Well, and. You know, like, you know, the, I think there's other people like yourself out there that are, are collecting the entire Leah line. Yeah. You know, when you look at its overall rank, 
on on BGG, it's two eighteen. That's you know, Glenmore is not suffering no, for, for not the introduction all. of Lune Architects. <laughs> so yeah. I think that there's I think that there's place for both. I think there are times when you know you you want to you want to kind of go back to the gaming roots and play a you know play a, a euro a simple euro and and uh, you know I I would have absolutely no problem playing Glenmore again. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, Lunar Texas has you know taken that inspiration and and then brought brought some additional elements to the table. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, we have our little winner. It's Lunar Architects, but Glenmore is still a respected game. Yep. Okay. So now we'll move on to our Imperial Assault uh, segment where we'll do some chatting about that. Lots happened since we were last out there. You know, Java's Realm finally came out. Uh, for us here, it came out just at the uh, beginning of the year. Uh, just at the end of the last year. That's when it sort yeah, of it's just... It's only been like two weeks. It's only been a couple weeks, of two, two to three weeks. It, it, uh, it hit the shelves. Our FLGS had it and then it was gone. It, like yeah, it, it sold out quickly from them, so we had to. Look, I had to look around for my copy, but I, I did eventually get it. We all eventually got it. I've had some time to play uh, a few rounds with it, you know, get get you know, study things out of it and, and try it out. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, I will be setting up a Patreon so that somebody can help me pay my rent now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's also um, some changes that also came down the line. Um, tournament rules wise they released a new tournament uh, guide that came out and and then the big discussion there is how they've changed uh, scoring before you would only get um, the points for a deployment card once that depl- everything on that de- for that deployment card has been uh, defeated now it's a figure by figure basis so if you have troopers or anything that has multiple c- um, units on it you get points as you destroy those units so there's no it's going to change the meta a bit yeah it's funny because i, I like java's realms coming out you're it's going to have an impact but i think this, the, had a this huge change impact. to the yeah. rules for scoring is probably had a larger impact overall on the game yeah than java's realm right uh when they and they actually had to update their rules the next day almost um because they re- rewrote the rules about this figure scoring and then there's a lot of um, a lot of questions came out of uh, reinforcements. Like, if you reinforce, then do you get, you know, what happens to the points that scored for that unit? Or what happens to, you know, do you get additional points as you destroy the new units and all that? It, and there was a little bit of ambiguity there. Well, um, I, to be, not to be mean to some <laughs> people, but that was just idiocy. It yeah. was people trying to keep a list relevant by saying well if i reinforce i'm bringing a guy back to life so you're losing points right and it just when you think about it logically especially with the way they've now allowed victory points to be spent by java right it it just didn't add up as it's like if you bring something back in reinforcements you're bringing in a new model it's another three points worth of yeah force that the person can score again and, yeah, and there's there's no necromancers. Yeah, no. In, in this is Star Wars. Wars. It's <laughs> like yeah. a stormtrooper got shot. Yeah. The next one's coming through the door. Exactly. Yeah. They, and, they broke him out of his out of his cloning tank. And, yeah. And they did um, when they sort of updated it again. What they did is how you're supposed to keep track of everything is when you destroy a model, you take the model off and you put it on its deployment card. And that's supposed to be so that you can at any time look over and calculate points if you have to, or or at the end of the game calculate things out. Now, because of reinforcements, what they're saying is if you reinforce, 
Um, and as you destroy additional things, take strain tokens and also put them on the card to indicate how many models have been destroyed on that card. So, you know, you could have four, like three models and a token on a card to show that it's been reinforced once and you've scored it four times or, or the model cost four times, um, which also makes some cards interesting where the model cost is actually higher than the deployment cost of the card but then you get the reverse whereas other cards where the model cost is actually cheaper than the cost of the card so it's back and forth but it it really changed things up it's made it's going to make a huge difference there's no more of this running a a, a lone trooper away so that someone can't score yeah there was too much of one member of a stormtrooper squad of each stormtrooper squad is hanging out in the deployment zone right or once it's safe holding maybe an objective once everything's pushed past it Mm -hmm. and it just it was a little ridiculous to face now i've i've never had a problem defeating that type of mentality because it if you don't know exactly what you're doing like it takes a highly skilled player to reduce the amount of useful forces they're bringing against you to make it work Right, because you want you typically want to get those three activations to get those three attacks all at you know a single target if you can, because then that'll like decimate somebody. But if you're splitting them off and you're not, you know, if you're activating and you're only getting to use two of your troopers, yeah, instead of all three to focus down a target, it's less effective. This eliminates the need to do that, so you're going to see an activation actually working together rather than well, I'll put one squad with. Like, I'll separate them two and one, and the one won't do anything. It's just going to sit back there and just make sure you don't get the nine points for my card. Yeah. You know? I mean, it it was annoying to play against. I understood it for tournament play, just for the competitive aspect, but it's not something I wanted to see in the game still, and I'm glad right. they finally came out with a way that actually is going to push away from that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, it might be a bit too far, in my opinion, the other way, because especially with Jabba, where, I mean, I think... For the next couple months, you're going to see a lot of scum lists, and it's going to be Java, yeah. With whatever current thing people have thought of as the best, but when you kill each figure, you're getting an extra point. That means people are going to bring less troop type. Yeah, and there is discussion squads. about that on the forums. People anticipate seeing more unique lists, like lists with unique figures, as opposed to yeah, something that's harder troopers. to kill, probably. Yeah, like high health, low cost. So you're getting that when you're spending the points, you're getting definitely more than one health per right. point spent, kind of thing. Yeah, because you can take a hit with something like that and then retreat them and still have them be effective where a trooper squad you kill a trooper there's four points for a job list and that's immediate and they're if they're so easy to kill yeah exactly like i i've been playing around with a, with a scum list um as a, as this has come out because i've always liked scum but it's always been a little bit hard to get them you know really out there and be competitive um so i've been playing around with the Jabba um with the weak wave pirates and um i've tried a few different things one with the rancor one with um a few of the new uniques um like vinto and shyla and throwing in greedo in there as well and um yeah when you're going against troopers you know that's that's like various troopers like uh, i was playing against you and you had echo base and you had the alliance rangers and you know you you shoot one guy and you get five points that's that's uh, yeah and then then all of a sudden java can start using his abilities and as soon as java can start making those equays shoot more or Mm -hmm. even if you're in close with shyla or whoever else yeah uh, it's just you're starting to multiply your points quickly yeah and it did. It escalated quickly when that one game that we had, like you've you've defeated me plenty of times, even you know as we were starting this list out. 
but uh, we had this one game, but you were trying some new stuff out, but still, um, my points just went like five, 10, 15, 20. And, like, it went out quick. Where and... I killed like two models. Yeah. And it, it's like, I think I was sitting at maybe 15 points yeah. near the end. Near and the end. It's yeah. like, if you can't finish the model off, it's not worth anything. So those yeah. higher point guys, and you did the right thing with your equays. Once they started to get injured, you dropped them back. Yep. So they couldn't be finished off for those points. For me to hunt them down would have required me to sacrifice people to get those to points. To get to them, yeah. And then you're getting yeah. more points in return for shooting my troopers. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So it. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. There's no, you know, definitely more testing to do with them, but. Um, and you know, I've been looking at different, making up different lists, and even looking at um, so many Imperials. You know, so many new things to try out with Imperials because those Dubaks. You know, we've only played against them once so far, but they're really I like them. They're yeah. really impressive. Yeah, yeah for the points, I, I think they were. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. They hit pretty damn hard. Yeah, I haven't done anything with Jet Troopers. Or we haven't done too much of Jet Troopers yet, so that's something we still have to play around with. Yeah, but um, I'm from what I, I focus mostly on Rebels. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I have a preference towards them. Yeah, but the scum interests me enough that it, it's kind of looking at that they they got the strongest in this update with Jabba's, which and makes sense. They are, I think, going to be the new yeah. sort of meta. But I think yeah. they they've opened up the the Imperials a little bit too with Temporary Alliance. You know, there's there's a few more options there. But I think you're for the stuff that's worth taking. I think you're giving up a little bit too much for the Imperial. They they Maybe. have enough stuff. I think they added the Dubacks to take away that temptation. True, because they're they're good enough and high enough point cost that I mean you could add like Equays or something. But Equays they're only really great i mean they're good always but they they're only really great once you have someone to focus them and get that extra shot out of java or yeah, whatever yeah that's when they really start they need to the support on the back end yeah because they're, they're low yeah. health they're only six health a, a guy yeah so they, they can die pretty easily so you're spending then eight points to bring in a squad with temporary alliance and seven points for the card and they're worth four points a piece uh you, you're gonna get focused down at the earliest opportunity because that's an easy four points mm -hmm. but i i see them kind of temporary alliance is almost taking a back seat now because you don't need it for scum to get gideon necessarily it's still not a bad choice for four points but mm -hmm. not required yeah and then for the empire side it's you can choose well, two scum you... for for two more you're gonna you're gonna take jabba yeah i you think know, so you don't need line of sight and no his, his yeah. additional abilities the, the victory point bonus devastating it really starts to rattle your opponent i think because there's a few times where it's like as soon as someone dies, it's like, oh, yeah, that's worth one extra point. That makes mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. Yep. Especially when you're starting to think about, well, what objectives are on the board? Yeah. And you start getting all those extra points. And then, yeah, there's sure there's Jabba's um, uh, you know, hit, call a hit or whatever, uh, for two points. But then there's also that um, the Black Market card, which turns out to be a fairly, really good card. Because at the end of every round, you get to flip a card. You have to reveal it so everyone knows what it is. But, you know, um, you have the option right there. And then if you have the points... You take it into your hand, and if it's a zero point card, it's in your hand. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing, no, nothing I mean, Java it. has to take or, a strain or, for it. Or if you, you have, yeah, if you have no immediate need for it, you trade it in for the victory points. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you really, yeah, if it's a card that has now become dead because certain persons yeah. died, then yeah, absolutely trade or, it. Or, or three just, points, and they'll put you over the top. Yeah, that's exactly it. Or you're, exactly, you're, yeah. You're close enough. Guess what? Black yeah. market one. There's my exactly. three point card, and yeah, Java taking strain. He's it, sitting in the back anyways. It, it's <laughs> ten rounds before it'll kill him. Yeah, and, I mean, I've been in. We've done three games with Java. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and. 
uh, not once have we even considered going back to take him out. No. There was one like one game where I was close enough that I could have attacked him, but I mean, if I don't, that three strain coming at him and Jabba's not. I, it would it was a melee unit that was going to reach him. So yeah, I mean, Jabba's going to smack him right back if I don't kill him. His, <laughs> if, his attack is yeah. low. It's not mm-hmm. like awesome or anything for a melee attack, but it's not like it's nothing. Yep. So. No, no, absolutely. He's a he's a stand, he's a good unit. And when you look at the deployment zones, in most of these maps, he's kind of stuck there anyways. Yeah. Because he's not mobile. He's a large figure. So, like, he can only move so far if he has to move. So you're, you're pretty much sticking him in a corner and forgetting about him. Well, I'm, a little, not, there's, I'm a little there's no worried about it. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that on some of the current tournament maps. Yeah. Oh, um, well, one tournament map, the Coruscant Landfill. Yeah. Because you start directly across from each other there is like a direct pipe to each other on that and it's really close so it'll be interesting to see if people target him or not Mm -hmm. on that one but even if you do like say the this three strain that if you get close to him and then his attack it's best just to leave him stuck unless you're getting to a point where those six victory points that he's worth are yeah kind of gonna turn the tide or you don't want him to annoy you anymore with the Call a shot, call call a hit, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing, uh, Drew, you may not know about is the in the new update they changed one of the uh, maps. Uh, They got rid of uh, Nelvanian Warzone. Mute him before he starts cursing. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I just bought that. Yeah, Yeah. I I was like, I was like, oh no! Like they changed the map, and Drew just bought that one. (laughs) Yeah, they just switched it to Obi Wan's. Obi Wan's uh, Anchorhead. Well, originally called Anchorhead Bar. Now it's now it's they're calling it Cantina whatever that's how they get your money <laughs> yeah so uh so now the new map is anchorhead cantina um so yeah like you said with um the course on non-fill there's that one potential direct route to um to java but in the other two maps Jabba's almost like off on his own like in, there's always somewhere to tuck him away yeah. i think in isb headquarters if you take the lower position He's, he's maybe a, movement. a little bit more exposed, but if you take the upper he- upper level, you know he's totally he's, tucked away. Yeah, he's tucked away. Yeah. And the uh, Obi Wan's map is there's exact two same spots thing. Yeah. that on either deployment zone where you sit him, and unless the person really goes back into that deployment zone after him, yeah, that you're never going to see Java. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which so, is what I mean, he if, wants. If if it gets to that point. <laughs> You know, like you've if probably you've, conceded or stubborn. Yeah, yeah well, that's pretty much <laughs> it. Like you, you had Jabba, and now you've only got Jabba. You really messed that up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a couple of games when we were testing things out where everything's gone but Jabba. Okay, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> there's no point. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing when you were taking Gideon and three PO. Yep, uh, it's six points of if that's what's left, then there's no point. There's yeah. no point in continuing. Though Gideon, he can well, he can pull hit, a punch, but not He's, by himself. No, yeah, no, not by himself. You don't. You, if that's your last guy, then your other guy. If your opponent better be hurting as well, otherwise, yeah, yeah it's over. it better be Gideon against Gideon or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is the true Gideon? Yeah, yeah. So that that's the changes that they've made tournament wise. So that was. You know, there's a couple of fairly big changes. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, too, is, um, well, and it makes sense. Obi-Wan's map doesn't require any expansion. It's it's all core one. And the one they got rid of for it was a Hoth. So yeah, now we so have... There's, I don't think there's anything that needs Hoth anymore. No, so we have, like, the main unit. We have ISB headquarters, which requires Bespin. And we have... Coruscant Landfill, which I think requires the... Does it require... Twin Shadows, maybe? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But now, yeah, essentially, Hoth is now uh, not not a requirement anymore for now anyways. And, and it makes sense that they didn't do a Java one because Java just came out. So it's too early for them to do a Java map. So maybe 
on the next rotation we might see a Jabba map. We'll probably see a Jabba map. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the one thing, too, about these rule changes before we get away from it yep. was... Now, I've been very vocal about Luke's overcosting, the new <laughs> Jedi Luke. Yes, yeah. And I, I still believe that the first time I used him, it was before I knew about these rule changes. Mm-hmm. And he was effective. Yep. I'll give him that. He could. I think he took down a Rancor by himself. He did. He took down that Rancor, man. With, was... I mean, good rolling combined with the right Her- command cards at the yeah, right time. Pummel. Yeah. So he had like three he had, attacks. He had three on attacks one in one round on, on the Rancor. So. Yeah. But I came out of that game going, he's still overcosted. 12 points is too much. Yeah. I'm the type of person that if it's over 10 points, I think you're devoting too much of your list to one thing. So it just mm-hmm. it starts to go into the realm of can something else do it more right but with these rule changes it's almost the exact opposite he is still overcosted, but that's almost what you want you want to deny the points if i was the choice between three rangers elite rangers the other new unit for the rebels right and luke right now i'd take luke because the rangers they are effective mm-hmm. i like them as a unit but with the point changes mm-hmm. it luke is probably the better better pick out of the two right of them. Yeah, because he's harder to kill, and if you back yep. him up properly, he might be impossible to kill. Like if you mm-hmm. bring in MHD, the medic droid, yeah, or something, something we like haven't that. tried yet. Yeah, yeah. It, it just these rule changes have opened up so many different ideas for lists that are actually still competitive. Yeah, and who knows where we'll end up falling mm-hmm. as as this all changes? But it, I know I've been going crazy. Just well, will, will this work? And build yeah. a list, and it's like it's actually not... yeah, it's it's it injected some more excitement to, into the game. It, that hasn't I haven't had it for like I've I've always enjoyed playing the game and I always look forward to playing it but now it's like okay no, when can I play again because I really want to try something well, yeah, else yeah shaking things stuff. up for sure yeah. we, we have a tournament coming up in a couple days yeah and it's like this is the first time going to a tournament that I'm like is there even going to be an imperialist because I know quite a few of the people there that we play with regularly yeah are right now completely into scum mm-hmm. totally playing out scum yeah totally. I'm I'm definitely been doing that. I've been that's all I've been testing right now is scum. Um, there might be a, there'll probably be one imperial list at least I'm sure because there you know sometimes even though there's something new people Some like people to play what they're comfort yeah. with yeah. yeah it's that comfort level and if you played one thing traditionally it's like hard to jump into something new without or they extra they might time. not be aware even of the changes or they may not even have the new stuff it, it, it could it takes be a, a while. shock when you're playing yeah. a point nihilist and you make your first moves and then the first guy dies and you're like what <laughs> you're getting points for him when what yeah <laughs> i just left three of my stormtroopers back at base because i wanted to separate the guys up yeah that's definitely something that'll have to happen on on saturday is make, make sure, sure everyone's everyone aware knows. of the new scoring changes because it, it does make a difference or you could not or you could just keep that to yourself yeah. <laughs> oh by the way i'm getting extra points now you yeah. know about that yeah no surprise <laughs> yeah so yeah that was the that was some big things um but then they also just did another more previews hey we're not we're never you know bored talking You'll about never previews. Get done with previews. <laughs> Uh, well, well, actually, there's no previews yet. It's just a, a mini preview. Yeah, they're just sort of they're letting but, us know what's coming. But you know, with with the release of of uh, you know Jabba's realm and the new tournament rules, everyone I'm sure is asking, you know, when am I going to get more droids? Yeah. <laughs> well, wonder <laughs> no more. It, it was yeah. When I when I saw this, I I, I kind of you, you guys should have released this some while back. Yeah. Because now I, I think it's this is just going to. I mean, probably, with, there with had minor exceptions been. in this, I think this is just kind of going to be overshadowed. I think there I had to have been huh? some sort of contractual thing that they had to get past because this is 
stuff from now the comic books. Yeah, now they're covering other mediums. Yeah. Rebels, the show. Though with the um, Inquisitor, they sort of covered that before too. That is true. Yeah. So it is surprising they haven't brought in Hera, I think her name is, the Twi'lek. Well, that, that's, who, that's who's coming out oh, before. That's yeah, who's, that's yeah. who's coming out now. Yeah. So that that's who's coming out now, but... But there's so many more people they can start coming up with those shows from those shows too. Yeah. yeah. There's another Jedi too, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, Corn or whatever his name oh, is from the cartoon. I forget his name. Yeah. Like there's the the main captain guy who's a Jedi, and then there's this kid who's learning to be a Jedi. And I know I'm not sure what season it's in now, and I I've only seen some of the first season. Like, and it's one of those ones I keep meaning to try to catch yeah, up never, on. Never. Because I do, it en- yet. I did like it. I do enjoy it, but it's hit my radar. But uh, yeah, no, it really looks interesting. Um, and those droids, which I haven't read the comic, and I and I intend to, sounded totally insane. So that's that's always cool. <laughs> yeah, it it these the Imperial droids they gave. Yeah, it's like the antithesis of three PO. <laughs> yeah. And R2. And R2. It's R2, like yep. these two psychotic yeah. killer robots <laughs> that it's one's an R2 unit and one's a protocol droid, but he specializes in protocol and torture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of a dark way to go, but, you know, it's it's, it's cool. Um, I don't mind. But, no, they, they, they look good. I mean, it's too yeah. hard to see the cards. You can... Yeah, but there'll be yeah, official previews, part, but... and so we'll obviously talk about them more in, when the official yeah, previews come out. as things come out. So that that's the Empire is getting those two droids. Yeah. And then Scum is getting Jawas, which from yeah. the sounds of things is going to let the Scum take droids from any list if yeah. you bring in Jawas. So that's going to be interesting. So we'll know more with them once they, hopefully they preview these guys in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. And then Rebels get Hera. Hera and... and Chopper. Yeah, his nickname, Chopper, C110P. Now, Hera's probably the one you can see best out of all the cards that they're previewing here. Yeah. And I, I must say that her, if she stays as is, her for four points, you're getting an absolutely amazing model. Yeah. It, um, it's like she has Luke's blue, green, yellow attack dice. Mm-hmm. She's got seven health, and she allows everyone when you deploy to move one space right after you deploy who's around her and she has some pretty good support abilities if within three spaces of her yeah so i can't see chopper at all but i know Hera is definitely going to make it into a list Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. combine that with the fact she's a twi'lek and most people seem to be in love with the fact that there's another twi'lek coming (laughs) so from everyone i've talked to yeah um twi'lek aside or whatever she does look like a really good model yep and you know, fairly decent abilities. Her surges, you know, double surge to pierce three, and a surge for plus one wound. That's what it seems it's, like, it, anyway. It's only three surges, though. I mean, yeah, there's been so many times with Luke that it's like four surges when he's not even focused, right? That it, it's like she's going to get those off. Oh yeah, well, more more than likely, yeah. I mean, the yellow die alone, you're you're getting one to two surges almost guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. So and she's a leader, so another leader for the rebels, yep, leader smuggler. Yeah. That's all right. And then, yeah, we can't tell too much for Chopper, um, other than he has a, a green-red attack. And all the droids come with Recover. Which... Yeah, all the droids can heal themselves, which is interesting. Yeah, not too bad. Um, and then there's, like, some kind of scavenged weaponry card as well that's going to be coming out, like a neutral card. Um, but, no, they, they look really interesting. And then, yeah, hard, hard to tell how Jawas will really affect things. Um, like, they're another low-cost, you know, like the Ugnaughts, like a low-cost support kind of uh, model. So we'll see. Um, two yellows for their attack. No, not not a damage dealer, but obviously, you know, maybe really trying to get those surges to do stuff, I guess. 
Well, it, it all comes down to what the cards actually turn out to be when we can see them clearly and yeah. stuff. But yeah. I mean, the the droids, it's almost it's like in the right now, if you have a a choice to shoot R two, for instance, mm-hmm. it, you don't take that unless it's the only shot because it's well R two's an annoyance and has some nice abilities there's too great of a chance he's going to avoid your shot completely well yeah he he always dodges on a blank and he is kind of beefy (laughs) for his point cost no it's like you you take shots elsewhere and these the r2 units anyway they kind of seem like they're going to be the same sort of thing it's like the bt1 the oh the uh, imperial one. one yeah the imperial one i mean he's got some amazing dice and great health and stuff so you probably want to take him down, but the mm-hmm. other droid is just, he, he's going to be an annoyance walking around that you're, you're going to question whether or not you should be hitting him. Yeah. But they both have black dice defense, which yeah. unlike 3PO and R2, they, they don't, they'll never get a dodge, but it might actually be better for them in today's environment of rerolls and taking away dice after rerolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't actually see yeah. what, what defense die chopper gets. Yeah, he's too covered. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what uh, what does R two have? Well, he has, yeah, he has white. the white. That's he right. The, he has he, the, white. the blank counts as a dodge. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he'll have that same kind of thing. I don't think he will, because you can't really read the text. But there's not the text doesn't lead me to believe that there's that same ability in there. No, because he's black guy, right? No, um, um, oh, you mean chopper? I'm talking yeah. about chopper. Yeah, choppers. It, it's way too hard to see. Yeah, too chopper. hard to see. But I see wound stuff in there, so that's why I don't think there's going to be anything to do with dodging. Yeah. So he can he can recover with a surge from the looks of it. And it looks like all these droids can really. Um, you look at chopper, or not? You look at these um. These both imperial the imperial ones, ones yeah, do. Both the imperials do. They both recover with surges. Yeah, freaking protocol droid can hit pretty hard. But so it's I'm, melee. It's melee. Yeah, true. Yeah, but I'm just kind of curious what else he can do. And then you got this BT one and his mobile, his um, salvo, or whatever, where he hit three different units with each of his attack die. That could be interesting. Yeah. Spread out your but, uh, your. Attack, I just your I just worry that it, it's every new thing. It seems to be that bit of power creep. there doesn't need to be that in a game like this there can be this level playing field kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know it's like something comes out it can be comparable to something it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. immediately better i'm I'm gonna buy the droids because i like them not because they're gonna be like super powerful or whatever for the skirmish game yeah it sort of reminds not to the same level but like 40k was like that yeah whenever they came out with a new it's like army, they had to be like when they really updated powerful. an army that new army was the most powerful thing yep. out there it's like okay and then they great. had to bring it back in line <laughs> yeah um so it's I, it's not i don't think it's to that level no but it, they yeah you can definitely see it some the new models tend to be shinier and and tend to be maybe a little bit more powerful for cheaper points and i can see that initially you know it'd it be them not knowing how to to point for skirmish when they first started we've, we've talked about that before so but they seem to be in a good place yeah around bespin Mm-hmm. And and now it seems like they've moved past that. So now they're, they're making them more powerful more for the less powerful points. More powerful for less points. Yeah. And I mean, looking at BT one without clearly seeing everything. Yeah. He's the same cost as Davis, for instance, for the same health. Mm-hmm. But he's got a blue, red, yellow attack, where Davis is green, yellow. Yeah. True. Um. But Davis also I mean, has, has like, hidden and other and things going on. And, yeah. Like he, yeah, he's only doing two t- dice, but then but he can get I another guess die I've off. I had Davith do too many surge, surge, surge attacks to <laughs> be in love with him anymore. Yeah, it's like for a melee unit not to have red. 
nowadays yeah. is it's hard to take i guess mm-hmm. you that, need those wounds and that's where i almost need like because a lot of these guys i don't, I don't know what the whole point of it really is where you have some uniques are red and some uniques are gray it's like well you know what it seems to be and i don't know if it is the red ones always tend to be known heroes i guess they're yeah, all from the stories they're from the stories or whatever and then the gray ones tend to be these ones that they've come out for the campaigns or like their own in-house own in-house yeah so it's it's interesting i don't know um if that means that they'll never improve on these people or they'll just stay that way like yeah i, I don't I, I don't understand the whole difference between an elite character as opposed to a regular character whatever there you have that yeah <laughs> um so with, with java's realm so far with the limited amount we've had if you had to pick your biggest surprise from it and your biggest deployment biggest disappointment what would it be huh. i think my biggest disappointment might be how quickly the ranker goes down yeah even with double defense like double if you if you're train if you do the train thing where he has two black it's just i don't know what it is it's just whenever i roll the two black i just get crappy rolls <laughs> i i do better with a single black than i do with two black for some reason i don't know if it's just me or if it's common <laughs> Yeah, you just you're just not guaranteed enough defense. Yeah, with and, with that, and he goes down pretty quick when people just it doesn't take much to concentrate on him and take him down. I don't know, yeah, because he has no inherent stuff. Like whereas some people, like uh, what, even Shyla, she has a black, but she has an inherent surge, surge block. Invade, yeah, yeah. So that's nice. You know, that makes it a little different. It, it saved her quite a few times. Um, yeah. And it's certainly for me to say I haven't I haven't played the new. Yeah, I think you've only gotten stuff one enough. game in so far, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of sat at home looking at the stuff, but longly. Well, yes. yeah, yes. <laughs> but that, that's why I ask because it, yeah. it, it the initial thought of a card looks amazing, and then you bring it onto yeah. the board, and yeah. you're like, well, for me, I was disappointed in the rancor as well. I think was probably my biggest disappointment. Yeah uh second that's fairly close and this might have to do with the new uh rule changes at the same time the way points are scored is the alliance rangers right they they are actually a worse sniper unit than the equay pirates yeah which is odd and so far from what i've been playing i think those weakways have been really been my favorite unit so far like Jabba's great i love Jabba, but those weakways um those two green with inherent plus two range and then almost a guaranteed not quite but almost a guaranteed to get that additional plus two range out of a surge um makes them great because in your minimum six more more than likely going to get you know seven maybe even eight out of out of their attack and if you get them focused you know yeah well i think the biggest the biggest thing and it's just that blue dice suck they they're not damage dealers they yeah. are range they're range yeah and you give equate pirates a better innate accuracy with yeah. a plus two the elite rangers only get plus one they get pierce one to go with it but whatever that it's the the range that matters here right and when you're rolling two green you're more likely to get surges so you're more likely to get the plus two accuracy for the weak way pirates without being focused that means that your minimum range is six for the rangers it's five right yeah one extra makes a difference and you can get pretty decent damage out of green you know there's, there's a couple yeah it's much better damage than blue yeah it, it's why I, I'm very critical of Luke having a blue die as a melee person. Blue is the ranged dice. It does not belong in a melee profile. Yeah, that is kind of weird, actually. When you, when you, now that you mention it, having that blue die for Luke makes there, no it's sense. It's like yeah. there's a 1 in 6 chance that you're not doing any damage. You're just rolling a surge on the blue die. Yeah. There's a 
one in three chance that you're doing one damage. No, actually, sorry, there's actually a 50% chance you're doing one damage. It's just one of those has a surge along with it. Right. So there's a one in six chance you're doing two damage. For a melee attack where you're being exposed at the same time, like you're able to get hit with everything else in return, it, it just, that's why I think he was overcosted. You, you just didn't give him, I would prefer the melee attack of red yellow that he had with his original card. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had a separate attack for melee on his original card and, and it was different enough. It didn't need to have the blue. So. And it, it gave, it gained the innate pierce three with that. Right. So now, you didn't have to surge for it, whereas he, this he one has to surge for it. Strong enough, like his health, unless you're really lucky with your defense dice, you weren't really going to stay alive if you were close enough to be using that attack at the beginning of the yeah. game. But near the end, you were just, it, it kills a stormtrooper if you're rolling decently every time you swing. Great. But with his new one, I don't know. There's just something wrong with Blue and Amelie. And I guess we'll see how it plays out. I know a lot of people on the forums are really excited about the new Luke and what he can do. So it's going to. You know, we'll we'll see how often he shows up around here. We have regionals coming up in February, February 11th. So I'm kind of curious what we'll see down there. Yeah, you know, in, in Calgary. I, I think because the biggest surprise for me was Equay. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to be a good unit. They exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it they can hide themselves, which gives them that innate surge, and makes them extremely durable because you have to get close to them to hurt them when they're hidden Mm -hmm. and they're gonna hit back so hard yeah with three green dice if you're focused or even just hidden with two green dice you're getting those surges off and the new hunter cards are just oh those new hunter cards are like that tools for the job that's a great card tools for the job combined with element of surprise combined with assassinate i think you had yeah (laughs) on on luke the one time it was like luke went from completely unwounded to nine damage or eight damage in one shot and that was only because i cancelled element of surprise and mm-hmm. got to roll a defense die still <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so you get a, a hand of a few you know a few good cards and then it would make a big difference yeah i think i felt felt a foul of that combination you did yeah oh and then combine it with the zero point card of uh take away three command cards off the top of your deck if a figure's defeated that scum get <laughs> i forget what that one's called that one's uh that one's i like that card merciless or something it's um shoot the messenger shoot the messenger yeah so that one's a great card. That came with Java. Yeah. I did get to try out the the Dewback Rider, which yeah. was that was actually quite fun. Um they I, I think they really need that um you know the the advantage of mounted, you know, especially the, yeah. the map we were playing. Well yeah, we were playing the were playing? ISB headquarter map. Yeah, and I, I had to I had to come around that one that one side with the stairs. Oh, and, and so not a great way for them. No, 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 so you have to try and get this dew back around that corner down the stairs, and and uh, yeah, ha- having that mounted. But if, if you have some open open terrain to work with, um, you know, get getting his, uh, his his normal attack and then that shock lance in that he hits hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, they, know, that they... was. I have some ideas to make them. Well, particularly Captain Terrell, is he? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I can't recall whether or not you're allowed to put double attachments on a. Unit. Oh, I don't know. Can about you double have multiples? I don't know if I've ever read that, but I've yeah, never looked for that. I, I've either. never looked. I, I meant to look it up before yeah. we did the podcast, well, but you, I didn't get it. Use the Google to. machine. But <laughs> I, I tried actually earlier because I meant to look it up. So I was looking it up while we were discussing things earlier, but I couldn't find a definitive answer on it. Oh, let me. But. There's, um, with Feeding Frenzy, you use your Shock Lance or your Flamethrower, right? And then attack. So if you wound the model, you're regaining wounds. Mm -hmm. Well, you get a a Surge for 
Recover 2, I think it is. And then they also qualify for Vader's Finest because they're troopers. That's right. And what can you do with Vader's Finest? You can attack and get two or three movement points or something like that. So with their innate movement, they can move six and pull off their Shock Lance slash Flamethrower and an attack. And with Feeding Frenzy on it, if they're allowed to have two attachments, that means they can recover. It means what does the, your opponent have to do? They yeah. have to focus completely on your dewback. Otherwise, he's going to probably start the game. He can move three in your first round and focus himself with Vader's Finest. And then the next round, he's going to get six movement points just from his innate three movement. And then when he uses that ability to attack and gain movement points on Vader's Finest to get in there and use the Flamethrower or Shock Lance on top of it. It might be a bit too many points for one card. I don't know. It's just an idea I've come <laughs> up with that I need to try. Mm-hmm doesn't mention anything here it just talks about that skirmish upgrade cards and some deployment cards have the skirmish upgrade trait special abilities um they don't really mention if you can have multiple oh no there it is maximum of one of each oh no wait no that's something else sorry maximum of one each unique deployment card we already yeah that so you can give them feeding frenzy twice i don't know why you would but i don't know why you would either um so in the skirmish guide they don't mention it so if anything it might be in the rules uh reference so we'll have to check that but something to toy around like i said the, yeah. the, the last week since the we've had access to java's realm it's been kind of what works and i've been pulling out old stuff to see if it kind of works any better right and well i learned last night that definitely loku and mac are dead that just <laughs> just leave them at home they're, yeah they're too easy to kill and they're, they're just too good too points for yeah people to grab yeah, like I, I had, I run, ran Shyla up there and had her whip Mac right into her, and boom, and he then was dead. followed up by doing the same thing to Loku, if I recall correctly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You so, couldn't take you couldn't take her out, and she just yeah, got yep. Loku next. Well, that that was uh, not really their fault so much as the fact that my Rangers the turn before left her with like two health left. Yeah, they, they couldn't were, quite they were take rolling, her. Out. Well, because they're rolling blue dice, and I couldn't focus them. And I was rolling good. I I, I was lucky. I rolled like three like well, three Loku, blocks and a certain inherent surge block. It's like Loku and Mac are, have so such low health. Yeah, well, they're like four, three, and four, or something like that. Or, or four I think they're both five. might be four. They might both be four. You're right. And but they're snipers. I thought. But they, let, let's see if they complement Rangers. And they did do well. Like, but until that point, like you know, yeah, I, the I Rangers thought, were better. The Rangers were a bit better, but they <laughs> they were able to hit down the board. You know, um, Mac has has a lower range potential does, than the Rangers do. Yeah, for a sniper, that's a little odd. But I mean, early model to new model. I mean, yeah. But with the new point scoring structure with Java, it's just giving Java four points. Like your opponent's going to get four points out of Mac if you're trying to use them effectively. So, right. yeah, I, I I don't think I would take either of them ever again. I I I come to that decision probably eight months ago, anyways, with what was out there. Any like seven points for the two of them. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take Obi Wan instead? Combined, he has more health, a better attack. He takes away. He has a control. really good ability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he rolls a black die with an evade, which is a lot better defense than one white die where you're hoping, well, I better roll a dodge or this guy's dead. And um well, you're 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 trying them out to see if they have any kind of synergy with yeah. what's out there now, like the new stuff. So they it's didn't. good to know they, they, <laughs> it's Maybe someone official. else can make them work, but yeah, I, I just I don't see their valuing you don't build a list around them like no. it's the kind of thing whereas you might throw them in a list but i'd rather throw r2 in than mac yeah 
hell, I'd rather put in, like, Rebel High Command and Diplomatic Mission or something and rather than Mac. He's just not worth the points. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It, yeah, because I like the model. Yeah. I mean... I guess he's going to be a campaign guy. Same with yeah. Loku. Loku's a nice model. I like the Mon Cal yeah. look and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. It's why you want them to work on the table, <laughs> but... He just doesn't. Well, nope. He's, he's just trying not to cough. Sometimes I breathe. <laughs> How dare <dramatic>. you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm looking for that too. I, I think I found basically what you're saying. Like, it, you know, looking through the forums, every once in a while you'll see somebody say, you can only have one per, you know, one per unit. Yeah. But like, well, none, but where, that's definitive. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, where's the reference to that? That's yeah, like the, FAQ. The, the only stuff that, that's actually identified here, and this guy pulled it right from the skirmish guide. Each army is limited to a number of deployment cards with the same name as follows. So maximum of one for each unique deployment card. Um, those are ones to know with the bullet. Maximum of two, two of each elite deployment card. Maximum of four each regular deployment cards. And then just as the skirmish upgrade cards, and this was the excerpt that you you yeah. identified was some deployment cards have the skirmish skirmish upgrade trait. These cards provide special abilities, but unlike normal deployment cards, they do not have corresponding gears. These cost deployment points are and often have a game-changing ability. For example, allowing an army to contain deployment cards from multiple affiliations. And that's that. Like, there's just there's nothing yeah. in here that says well, you couldn't it, have two. And it, it might be because before there was very little point to. I mean, putting yeah. three points of cards on top of yeah, on top of like card, a single activation, it it can be insane if it doesn't work right. And it's additional points that yeah. you're giving up as soon as that as soon as that dead. one guy's dead. Yeah. Now, if you can do it to like stormtroopers, say where you put Vader's finest and cross training, it might have a pretty big impact. So you're making them spies as well as Vader's finest. So I could see them wanting to limit that. Just like with the Dewback, if you give him feeding frenzy and Vader's finest, I mean, he's allowed to focus himself. He gets the surge ability to recover if he's attacking a unit that's been wounded that he's adjacent to. And he's getting a lot of innate movement because you get the three at the beginning and then the, I think it's three for the attack for, no, two. Oh, okay. Perform an attack and then gain two movement points. So it, it has some possibilities. I don't know that I'd really do it competitively. I yeah. mean, I don't play Imperial enough to use them competitively anyway, but for fun, just to see how it works out. Um, yeah, even through the FAQ, yeah, I'm not finding anything on that either. You might be good to go just because yeah. there's no no. We'll try and see if anyone complains. <laughs> point point me to the rule. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It must be in here somewhere. It's just one of those things you gotta dig, dig, dig for. For yeah, because if people are saying it, there must be something somewhere that said it, or some yeah you know, that it has to be official somewhere. You think it would be in the FAQ though? Yeah, that's exactly think. where I would think it'd be. Because if the rules don't state it clearly. I mean, if I want to spend three points on Luke to give him diplomatic mission and motivation and whatever that unique one where if you're so many points, you can spend strain, I think it is, oh, to get rid of effects. Found it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. There we go. We, it's now over. People are, it... like, people are yelling at us right now saying, you idiots, this yeah. is right there. <laughs> it's in the FAQ under skirmish attachments, and in each deployment card, you can only have one attachment. Okay. What a jib. Yeah. I knew it had to be there well, somewhere. It, I'm, I'm going to set still... my army on fire. <laughs> It would now, be now, a it's not hard 40 choice. Not yeah, I was just going to switch battles. to the new fantasy battles. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it a hard choice between feeding frenzy and Vader's finest on him, though. I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, well, feeding frenzy, it lets him heal. It lets him yeah. heal. It has the option to heal, but there's also as soon as if as long as he takes a wound, he takes additional wound. So it's like additional wounds that he's going to get. Like you're doing, it's like, so it's a. I think feeding frenzy is 
It's doing more wounds. No, you don't take more wounds. No, you're, you're giving more wounds. It's feeding frenzy, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, you exhaust this card while attacking yeah. a figure that has suffered, suffered damage to, to apply, apply plus one, one wound to the attack results. Yeah. You're doing more wounds. That's what I mean. Oh, yes. that's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it's it's doing additional wounds. And you that's, can recover two. Yeah, and then you also have the option for a recovery two. Now, with like the do-backs, you know, it's good to have it on the do-backs, but um, typically they're going to be attacking from reach or range because you have within a couple spaces. But if you want to do some healing, then you have to sort of run them in, get them yeah, to do it. Which is why Vader's Finest might be the better choice, because it almost makes them a hit-and-run unit. Yeah. And they can focus themselves. They can focus themselves. But and... without Recover 2, you're still pretty close. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're a durable unit. I'm not too worried about them. You really have to focus them down to get them. Yeah. Um, you know, take, taking mine in it, I mean, he got... He got taken out, but yep. not in the first hit. Yeah, he's no, like no. 13 health, right? I mean, that's... For, um, for Captain Tarot. Yeah, for Tarot, yes. Yeah. For the do-back, it's the... nine. But even then, you know, nine, like I said... For five was, points is... You know, I think he... I think it was your rancor that that eventually took him out, and um, it was either probably. that or it was the rancor and then a weak way. Yeah, it was something like that. But you know, yeah, he he was not taken out in a single hit. So well, you look no, at nine points. That's a lot. That's a lot to take. It is. Yeah, definitely. this might be why the rancor seems to fall flat a little bit. Is for ten points you're getting fifteen health, yeah. and Captain Taro is seven points. And he's getting. 13 health. I mean, that's pretty comparable health-wise for three less points. So... And with his abilities, he can do quite his, a bit of damage. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't have to... The, the Rancor doesn't have enough health to charge into the middle and use his abilities uh, effectively enough to then get killed. Because, he, like, he's just... Unless you're rolling six defense every time or something. Yeah. But yeah. then you're only hitting one target with the loss of brutality. Which, I mean... Is the rancor you need to be killing stuff because either way, whether you're rolling one black or two black, if you're yeah. focused on, you're dead. So, I mean, if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose Captain Taro for the his. I know they're on different lists, but just yeah. the point cost and. Have you guys played Gamorrean Guards yet? Not yet. I've seen them used. Yeah, yeah. we we were talking with um, an, another fellow we we game with, Mark. Yeah, and uh, he he he. I think he got a chance to try them out, and he said they were they were formidable I, and then we were talking about them and, and well, i was trying to find a way into your them. list yeah because um, shyla's and i was thinking this even before that they would pair up really nicely with shyla because she pulls somebody in then they can run up and and help beat it you know beat yep. the hell out of them or you know if they're already up there she runs up and pulls somebody towards all three of them either way you know it's just like it could be a world of hurt oh yeah <laughs> yeah well locally the prevalence of people dropping stun it makes melee units so much more effective nowadays. Mm-hmm. It, to the point where I keep looking at Wookiee Warriors and going, maybe I should put these back in a list. Especially with yeah. the with the points, the way they're scored now. For a four-point model having 11 health, I mean, you don't have to worry about them being stunned as frequently. So it's the same with the Gamorrean Guard. They have not as much health as a Wookiee, but mm-hmm. they have reach. And double red for their attack. Yeah, I mean, they were just butchering people from what I could see. Those Imperial troopers that he was fighting, it's like, well, I hit that one, it's dead. Hit the next one, it's dead. <laughs> yeah. They don't get their surges off a lot, but when you're rolling double red, who needs them? Yeah. Yeah. And then the additional defense against ranged attacks is nice. Yeah. yeah. It, it, unfortunately, they don't show that in IA armies here. They don't have that in there. But um, yeah, eight health. They'll be interesting to try. I, I definitely want to give them a try. I just, I think the weak ways outshine them a little bit. Yeah. Because. 
Well, the weakness well, they have synergize so well with yeah. Hunter, like Hunter, Hunter and Smuggler. Like you get so much out of that. So many cards that'll anybody can use. Mm-hmm. Well, and the hidden. It, don't yeah. underestimate the ability to hide yourself yeah. at will, because it means you can sit back six, seven squares from an opponent and consistently hit them with the surge for plus two accuracy. And if you're lucky enough to roll extra surges, you're doing extra wounds, piercing, and then you rehide, and then you're for effectively nine squares away from the person to for a return shot and the closer they get the more dangerous you become because you yeah. don't have to worry about range and stuff so you might use your re-roll that they get innately to re-roll one of your attack dice if the defense dice is to try and pump up more damage instead of worrying about range there's just so much of upside to them mm-hmm. and you're getting a discount discount and some people see that as a downside with the new point scoring system where they cost seven but they'll score as eight when you kill a squad right but I, I see that as a benefit, personally, because I well, as a rebel player, mostly having to pay full price for all of the units that suck, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have the discount. Well, I'd also rather the Alliance Rangers were a two squad instead of a three. Yeah, I don't know why they made them a three because I'm like twelve points for a. It, it makes it a hard decision whether to bring them because twelve yeah. points sunk into one unit. They're a good support unit for eight points. Or even if they gave them the discount and made them seven points for two, they would be kind of a no-brainer almost. Right. Because they're good range support. But Mm -hmm. having to sink 12 points for three Mm -hmm. models that have to sit back or else they die. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, that scoring change is is just going to, I don't know, it's just going to change the way people build. Yeah, like I said, I think that had a bigger impact than Jabba's Realm coming out. Yeah in and of itself it just there's so many units that it's now automatic including two elite stormtroopers in an empire list i don't think so not if you're facing java that that's you're gonna have to think twice about that because you have you're looking at like 12 24 points on the board right if you have two yeah are they only three each they're they're three each. yeah 24 points not reinforced yeah so (laughs) you know and then you add some reinforcements in there you're up to 30 points and enough stuff that came with Java's realm that can kill a stormtrooper in one hit. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, it's a lot of changes, and it was, it was interesting. It was a really interesting couple of weeks since Java, Java's realm came out. So now we'll just start to have to see how things sort of play out as we uh, go into tournaments and see how everything does, and you know, see if it changes enough. I know there was, um, I think there was like one regionals report already that somebody wrote up, but. It was too early, and so it didn't. Well, they didn't play like... with the new rule changes, did they? No, well, they no. Did, definitely didn't have the new rule changes. They didn't have the whole scoring by point because that wasn't out yet. So I was like, that really early regionals. Um, and even still, I think they had scum lists doing well, from what I read. Yeah, scum lists were doing well, um, but there was still a lot of uh, imperials out there. Yeah, because you know, that's what people were used to, right? It's too well, early to point make the denial. Change. Point denial. That's all they wanted to do. Yeah, that was the pretty much. And so. it, it's the type of game that. I absolutely hate playing because you can see in the way that they play that as soon as they get some points up on you, their play goes down to a crawl. It's like their turn will take like 10 minutes rather than the, I know what I'm doing and just do it. It's each model requires deep thought. (laughs) It's like quit being a jackass and just play. Like that's what I like about our local group. Even in tournaments, we're friendly. Yeah. We, just we root for each other as much as we care about yeah. winning ourselves so and if we're slow it's just because we're slow yeah because exactly. we're trying to deny anybody anything right like, sometimes it takes a while to figure out what you're going to do but regionals yeah. last year it was 
Yeah, there was that in regionals. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like that you see the person reach for the card. They know what they're going to do. And then they pull away. And it's like, oh, go into deep thought. Yeah. Oh, what do I really want to do? And How long can I back. drag this out? Yeah. <laughs> well, and if, I mean, if they're not careful, they'll they'll imp- implement something like a chess clock. <laughs> they they should. Yeah, in, in, in big tournaments, maybe they should. You yeah, know, like yeah. in the regionals or whatever. If you're going to yeah. put a time limit on a game, yeah. there should be a chess clock. Sure. Yeah. Because I know my move isn't dictated by what the other person doing is doing it's like if you do something advantageous maybe i'll switch but mm-hmm. my my strategy is mine i'm going yeah. to play it out and make you play to my strategy not the other way around and having someone sit there and question exactly what they're doing when you can see that they're doing it as a stalling tactic that's frustrating mm-hmm. seeing it someone who's trying to react and not fall into a trap is fine i don't, I don't care but seeing it as a stalling tactic is just annoying yeah yeah well it's just it's that poor sportsmanship anyway exactly yeah and because it's it's either gonna be something like a like a a chess clock or they'll you know they'll they'll have an official that that steps in and and starts you know basically handing vp over or you know docking you vp or something or yeah saying like time you know you have to take your turn within so much time well Well, that's what a chess clock's for anyways but if you have 65 minutes to play a game yeah you split it in half and yep. you are allowed that 32 minutes to play out your turn, and that's that. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll be as big of an issue anymore because it's too easy to score points. But So I, I hope that this it solves that problem because I didn't care that Stormtrooper lists were winning. It was how they were winning. Yeah, and that's going to be like... And it's also not to say that everyone that plays a Stormtrooper list plays like that. No, no, no. Yeah, we absolutely. have like a few local people that play pretty much exclusively stormtrooper list mm-hmm. but not once have i seen them pull that no where it was, it was definitely uh they wanted to win by playing the game yeah so if and it's mine i'll just run them right up to your rancor and <laughs> let them get eaten yeah. <laughs> and it also comes down to the the, the missions too because we didn't really talk about how much you know there's points for the missions and when you when you get the the figures and you get the missions in there you could be scoring these things pretty quickly but that sort of comes back to we didn't talk too much about the new uh, map but um the missions on that map we we played a couple games in them and they're kind of tough missions like they're uh if you can pull them off they're definitely advantageous but they are very difficult to probably the easier one is there's the contacts one where you, if you're beside a, if you're contact, beside a guy, you can, you can put your token on it, and, and it's, worth it's worth so many points. So many points, depending on how many previous contacts you've had yeah. interaction with already. Yeah. So it was a little easier to get those ones. But the uh, the crate one, where there's one one of the you, know, you probably haven't seen the map yet, but um, one of them is a, a there's a bunch of there's like three three crates three crates, and they're closer to one deployment zone than the other. And so one deployment zone has easy access to get to these crates. Then the other deployment zone has an easy way to sort of block them, the guy from, going. from taking those crates to where they have to go. They have to oh. take these crates to a, like a, an area where they're sort of going to be offloaded or whatever. And each which crate is in the is middle like of the map, off to the side. Ten kind of points thing. per crate that you get off the map. If they haven't taken any damage, but you can attack while carrying said crate. A small figure can't. So yeah. a large figure can pick, can pick them up and attack, but a small figure, if they're carrying it, can't attack. But and then, then they can, can choose to block damage wounds. with the crate. But then it's worth less points. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like it's an interesting it's a, mechanic, but it's I, a weird mission. The games we played, the crates were just too difficult to bother with. Yeah, like it, it's a, it's a long way to run, uh, unless you can get like 
the right combination of things say someone runs up to you and you have a card that allows you to move your movement or something and then you activate and move another right like something like the alliance smuggler you know yeah like where he grabs a crate he's gets fast movement. he grabs a crate and then someone gets near him he can he take can off pull out the card that allows him to move or someone yeah. shoots at him he gets to move he's not dead i mean he interacts he gets unit. to move you know he picks up the crate so he gets to move yeah. kind of thing that, that that's like one of the better figures i can think of that would you know benefit from that but it is lopsided where you definitely yeah. are taking the choice am i going to go for the crates or am i going to do point denial where i'm gonna sit in the middle and shoot anything that goes for the crates yeah because that map really it, it just seems like it's gonna be a brawl it's just those ma- middle <laughs> those missions are like oh great there's missions but it's gonna be a brawl <laughs> yeah all right um i don't know is there anything else to well, I don't know, we've got uh one more i think one more mission in our in our mini campaign. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we've been going through that mini campaign. To... Yeah, we, we were going through the Bespin, Bespin. campaign. Yeah. Uh, we've gone through three missions. It hasn't been going well for Imperials. <laughs> uh, that's all I'll say. Thank God. Uh, damn yep. heroes. <laughs> our heroes work too well together. Yeah, wow. no, actually, they do have a pretty good synergy. Like you have Davith, yeah. we have Loku, um, Verena, and uh, Diala. And Diala, and they, they synergize yeah. well together. And you guys get those upgrades, and they're, yeah. they're pretty formidable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, D- David started off. I, I guess you know. I, th- I think you were the one we left behind yeah, to get well, wounded. The, well, yeah. the thinking was that was that I was going to be the tank. You know, just suck up some damage while everybody does whatever else they're going to do. Yeah, and uh, and you know, but yeah, by the by last mission, he was like, you know, like in my first attack, I think I took out three models. Yeah, like, possibly. Yeah, yeah. You, so. you, it was just, you just walked through them because yeah, well, you had devastating. the you got that special reward, uh, holocron or something. Oh, that allowed you to reactivate yeah. Fell Swoop. So yeah. you Fell Swooped twice in a turn, and each time it killed an extra yep. model, essentially. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and then Diala, I thought I was going to be kind of the killer. And instead, yeah. de- developing her, she's just a complete support unit now. Yeah. A it's very like good I, one. I make but, everyone yeah. else focused and re-rolling dice, and it's like, I don't need to attack. I'll just <laughs> let Davith kill everything, yeah. and then I'll yeah, refocus focus him. focus me and let me Fell Swoop yeah. everybody. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, so only one more, one more, one more mission to go. That we'll have to but get that is, scheduled soon. But this is this is your first time uh, running campaign as as Imperial. Uh, no, my second. Um, second. Well, because yeah, we, we started did. the core. We didn't go very. We didn't far go very it. far, and it was we, we weren't familiar with. The no, game we yet. weren't very familiar. It was that early on, and yeah, we weren't skirmish experience has added a lot. To... Yeah, yeah. If you were if you're listening to this and you haven't, you know, you're not big into skirmish yet, and you know, you, you're just listening to it because you're just interested in imperial assault i do recommend playing some skirmish because it will make you better at campaign oh, even yeah. though the, there are differences between the two um just getting that you know that way of thinking that how i can use my troops to the best effect yeah. it, it transfers over so um it it's definitely... not always best to take the big toys when like a stormtrooper squad is enough to take someone down yeah kind of thing yeah, yeah. although so. it is always tempting to take the big toys I mean, yeah, it always yeah. is who doesn't yeah. want to see an ATS well team? and and <laughs> you know talking about the the last uh campaign that that uh, randall and i were involved in um, the, uh, the hoth one yeah and and yeah we, i think we we made that mistake right off the bat was you know everybody held out for you know their their four their, point yeah, upgrades three or four point upgrades yeah and and it was it, it you know that that was the, within the first two cam the, sorry the two missions to start getting out class and yeah we we just immediately got out class and then we could not catch up yeah it was too hard to catch up yeah and if we had gone for some of those one and two point ones at, at the at the start and you know you, you sort of discount them but like but they are actually really good and it's just you have to think about it you have yeah to by by the end of it, it 
you know, so you, so you've you've acquired your three and four XP upgrades, and and uh, you know, and you're barely holding your own, and and by the end, you know, we we end up okay. So you now you've got some additional XP. Well, I guess I'll have to pick up some of these lower point. Then you realize upgrades. how good and, they and, are, and yeah. yeah, you realize like, wow, this is this is totally useful. I should have had this from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> that's why it's one. Like experience. I, I can, yeah. <laughs> I blow a strain, and and you know my the you know my teammate gets to reroll that that attack or that defense, and and that totally saved them or you know whatever. And but but you know it's too late. The, the imperial. Uh, player is has got so much influence and yeah because they've been winning just, everything they've been yeah. getting yeah. the bonus rewards all the time yeah and and yeah like some of the stuff that that uh joe our, our friend who was playing the imperials he just it would just destroy you yeah like we just dread every time he'd he'd you know pull off i don't know i can't remember what the what the thing was it was essentially a grenade well the there, there was a mortar he always had but then there was also a combination where he could replace a die with a red die yeah and then he had another card that let him make that die maximum, so he didn't have to roll it. So it's like, always three. Yeah. It's always you take three. three. Yeah, let me just tell you, you can only do three. it like once around, but still, like or you know, once whatever. But well, that but that that mortar seemed to regenerate a lot. I, I <sighs> don't know what he had that. Oh, it, was <laughs> it, just just, gross. it was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest difference between campaign and skirmish is you gain the experience in how things are supposed to work, how units interact, yeah. how a hero yeah. is supposed to behave, so to speak. But once you know all that from skirmish you have to forget about the fact that in skirmish it's all about killing your enemy mm-hmm. in campaign it's all about objectives it's about objectives yeah, yeah. and it, it, even if it requires sacrificing a hero to get an objective done it it's more important to do that than it is to hit another stormtrooper in the head yeah. like they'll drop yeah you by the third fourth mission you're killing them in one hit but it's not what you need to be doing mm-hmm yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a few rounds I, I can remember where it's, you know, you, you sacrifice taking those hits without, you know, I'm not going to get an attack here. I, I need to double move yeah. in order to get to that objective. So, you know, yeah, I, I could stop and I could easily, you know, deal with these couple of troopers or that this the EWAB or whatever it is. But, you know, the, that, that just plays right into the, into the emperor's hands, you know. Well, and you think about it thematically, like the movies, whenever they came across stormtroopers, except for like the final battle in episode six now, I guess, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They were running every time. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. oh shit, there's a bunch of guys. We'll shoot at them as we run away. Yeah. And try and get off this Death Star or <laughs> Bespin or whatever. They were getting their 3PO unit and trying to get Han. And then once that was done, it was let's bail. Let's yep. get out of here. Yeah. Exactly. And those guys are supposed to be much more powerful than the heroes you use in the campaign. So thematically, it makes sense. It's yep. like you kill what you need to that's in your way. Yeah. And just. And then run. Hammer out this. Let's keep doing the objective always focus on that objective yeah and i think they did a pretty good job of, of conveying that in the campaign well, and, really yeah. yeah and if if you don't focus as the heroes you're gonna lose if yep. you do it's gonna be close like well, i don't and, think and, any uh, of our yeah. games have been we ran no. away with it even though no. we beat the... yeah i was just gonna bring up that point none of them have, have i felt like oh yeah we just totally ran away with that yeah no. oh oh you know yeah came down to the last turn crushed a couple Randall. times yeah crushed him <laughs> no it's it's been it's been very close each yep. time. Um, you know, a couple of the, of the heroes been flipped. Oh, definitely, you know, yeah. definitely been flipped. Yeah, and yeah, close I, to I felt we we squeaked some of them out just yep. by just by the. Well, like I say, it was there was a couple, and we've only done three. Well, because it's only a four mission yeah. Uh, yeah. campaign. Yeah, so we've done three missions, and two of them came down to the last turn yep. where 
It was, oh, we have to get this guy on the shuttle and get the hell out of here. Yep. Do we have enough movement to get there? And it's like, yeah. yep, if we do this sequence of events and he doesn't get shot, we're good. They kind of block and, you guys enough. Yeah, and it's and like, we, we pulled it off. And then the one we were destroying cameras where it's like, okay, we're going to sit back and hold off the troops and Lando better go in there and finish <laughs> off those cameras for us. Damn Lando. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's going well. We'll hopefully get that last one done here soon. I guess I'll have to book something with everybody. Yeah, and get then we'll it. have Jabba's Realm to go through, which uh, is a full campaign. It's a full campaign, so it's going to be a long campaign. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. Have, have either of you heard anything more about the app? No. Oh, no, not yet. They, Nothing, they, no. The last thing... Uh, it's probably going to take a while. Worlds, they said yeah. basically we're yeah. doing it, but don't expect any yeah, comments. I just, It'll yeah. be ready when I it's ready. I was hoping at least they you know tease it a little bit. Well, there's know? apparently two apps out there already, like uh, FanMe. Oh, okay. If I you look on I um, that. Uh, BGG, I think has yeah. in their forums uh, a couple references. I haven't looked into them myself, but yeah. they, from what I've read, there's they're they're decent enough okay. as is now. Y'all might have checked those out. Yeah. Uh, now I, I'm not sure if it's like a full campaign or how it works. If it's like the descent app already, but there might be a stop gap in between when the official one comes out. Just have to look it up on their forums there at BGG and see if uh, it's worth using. Yeah, yeah. no, I'll maybe check it out. But um, I'm not in a huge rush for it. But it would be nice, yeah, to have yeah. have the imperial side controlled by the computer so that everybody's just whoever's playing is just playing. Well, I know their side. their well, descent for... app has revitalized descent for. Me. Yeah, like it, it makes it playable. Yeah, that's so. good. And, and for us lonely guys, you know, it allows, <laughs> us to, allows us to play all by ourselves. And well, I think that's what my son uses because Descent's his yeah. game. Yeah, and he'll just take the tablet and it's like, fine, you guys don't want to play. I'll go use the app and oh, yeah. play through Descent. We'll do that. So okay, he gets enough enjoyment out of it. Yeah, that's so. good. No, that's definitely good. Yeah, sweet, cool. Okay, well, I think that's probably a good place to stop. We've been talking, enough. rambled enough, <laughs> had enough interruptions. I think we're good to go. So, um, thanks for listening for uh, another episode. Um, you know, make sure you check out our website if you haven't. It's www.boardnowgaming.com. On Facebook, you can find us at uh, facebook.com/slash boardnowgaming. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at BoardNowGaming again. Um, you, if you're uh, not sure how you're getting this podcast, but if you're on iTunes or on Google Play, you can definitely get it there. Uh, if you're enjoying it, you know maybe throw up a review um, or a, a rating. That'd be great. Um, maybe more people will find us that way and and you know and check us out. Um, if you're on Board Game Geek, we have a guild um, and we post up our uh, episodes on that guild and show notes, and you can you know comment and reach us that way as well. So then if you have anything to say, reach out and we'll uh, and we'll respond to you. We'll try to be quicker. I think someone had replied to us and it had been a couple of weeks later. I was like, oh, hey, we got a reply. Whoops. First <laughs> so, time for everything. <laughs> it's the first time for everything. Now I understand. Oh, I better subscribe to these uh, links so that I actually know when something happens. But anyways, um, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again. And until uh, next time, keep on gaming.
the garden I found the inner tube Frosted of nothing With nothing else to do But there's a question That I must ask you It's not that easy Cause it's predictable Did you ever Did you ever Get that blue Get that blue That I sent you That I say Did you ever Did you ever Get that blue Get that blue That I sent you That I say Say